Welcome to Happily Ever After is just the beginning. Keeping your relationship not just together, but happy, and we mean truly happy, is part art and part science. You've come to the right place. Here's your host, Leslie Dorries. Fairy tales start out once upon a time and end, they live happily ever after. The implication is that all problems are resolved between the beginning and that wonderful end. Never a word about how the story looks 5, 10, or even 20 years down the road. And mostly the skills that got the characters through the hard times, fencing, fighting, chases, escapes, etc., don't help with the humdrum everyday stuff most couples face. So, with a tip of the hat to William Goldman, how can you keep true love alive without needing a miracle? So to help answer that question, I'm joined by writer and speech language pathologist, Jonathan Morris Schwartz. So Jonathan, thanks so much for being on the show and talking about true love. (laughs) Indeed. Thanks so much for having me. And I wish I had uh, the secret to true love. Uh, I would certainly be able to to categorically expose that to everybody. But I appreciate being on. I look forward to, it, to talking with you today. So you're a fellow writer for the Good Men Project, which I recommend everybody check out. It's a great, it's a great website. And your recent piece, Love is Not a Fairy Tale, caught my attention. And in the piece, you talk about a lover's catch-22. So what exactly is this? Well, what I'm, what I'm getting at with that, from my opinion, is that when it comes to love, when, in those early stages, when we initially have the butterflies and the attraction, and we, it's determined that it's a mutual attraction, there comes a point where you have to become vulnerable, where you have to give it your all. And true love only, in my opinion, exists when it starts out with that explosive attraction. And that's a debate unto itself. And that's, again, in my, in my judgment, in my opinion, that's the genesis, that's the beginning, that's the spark. And for me, in my personal experience, and to be very, very transparent from the start, um, I have been divorced. Um, I've had a couple of relationships. I haven't had a lot of l- loving relationships, but the ones that I've had have been fairly longish term, let's say. Uh, one was seven years and one was 13 years. Um, but both of them started out in that initial stage where basically you surrender everything. You, you trust the person. You hope it's going to last forever. You, you're afraid. You have all the emotions and excitement and adrenaline. Uh-huh. But the catch-22 is, to be precise about it, is that you have to be vulnerable. You have to put your heart on the table if you're going to experience love. And by putting your heart on the table you're vulnerable and you're taking the risk of it being chopped up, chopped up because you may lose the love. If they leave you, you're left with all your eggs in that basket. As I said in the article, you're, you, know, you lose your eggs and your basket. <laughs> you know, maybe you can lay more eggs, but the basket's gone, to, to stretch the metaphor further. Right. And I mean, so, I mean, yeah, it's an, interesting, it's an interesting concept because when we, you know, when we fall in love, it's, you know, there, it, it, it's, it's a complex process that you know a lot of people don't fully understand everything that's going on with that um, yeah. but it's also 
a somewhat a simple process. I mean, you know, and suddenly you know, were in this world where, you know, the, you know, we notice the birds singing and colors are brighter and, you know, we can stay up all night and do all those fun things, you know, that, that you, you, our bodies just can't keep doing. But, you know, and, and, and I know that one of the things that comes into play, and I don't know how this plays into the catch 22 and the eggs all in one basket, but this idea that, you know, at some point in time, this perfect person is not going to seem so perfect. And then what? Is that kind of what you mean by, you know, the vulnerability? Yes, yes. I mean, absolutely. I think to, to splice it a little, to nuance, nuance it a little bit, I think we cognitively, we want someone to love forever. We, we don't go into love hoping it doesn't last. We go right. into it hoping it lasts and then we'll grow old with this person. That's our fantasy. That's our desire. Mm-hmm. But biologically, we crave, you know, we're, we're animals. We crave that wild, uninhibited uh, romance and passion and sex, frankly. And so, you know, in terms of, of like what you're saying, uh, the catch-22, besides just being vulnerable, allowing yourself to be vulnerable, is to accept that the biological side of us. And that sort of leads to a whole bunch of other topics. But I think right. with the catch-22, to, to, in terms of that particular topic that I that phrase that I'm coining uh, or using, there's only three things that we sort of end up with at the tail end of this, of the honeymoon stage, let's say, when we when we could be in what we call the catch-22, where the love is not as, as you say, as bright as it once was. One would be to acknowledge that love and sex reside on different planets, planets, <laughs> and just <laughs> and just embrace it, okay. and and just. You know, uh, maybe try out, you know, look, I'm 55 years old. I have uh, younger children, uh, 20 and older, of course. But, I mean, the younger, the Generation Z, and uh, it'll be interesting what Generation Alpha does next, they are experimenting and embracing different lifestyles, multiple partners, open marriages. You know, there's a lot that's different than when I grew up when it was pretty black and white and pretty uh, puritanical. So one possibility is is to to get through this catch-22 is that, you know, people say, look, I love you, but I want to have sex with other people, and they find a way to navigate that and make that happen and to, to everyone's satisfaction. It's not for me. Maybe I'm too old. Maybe I'm too old school. Maybe I'm too jealous. Maybe I'm too egotistical. Maybe I'm too whatever it is. I have not been able. Right, and that's not necessarily an easy, easy transition, although I, I'm like you. I'm very interested in seeing what, what's coming in the next generation. Oh, absolutely. I think so. If, if, you're, if somebody out there listening or, or anyone is interested in sort of exploring different types of definitions of love, then that's one op- opportunity. Right. The second would be, which is what a lot of people do, which is to cheat and, and lie about it. I mean, you're, you satisfy your biological anim- animalistic needs uh, with other people, and you, you do what they did, and I guess, you know, many generations, for many generations, which is cheat and hope you never get caught. And then the final thing is what I call a diet of the sex mind, I guess you would say, which is just say no. I mean, which is just, you know, temptation's temptation. Recognize the temptation and have the, the strength and the morality and the ethics and the principles. And when I start talking like that, I, I hear my own little inner voice saying, you're sounding so judgmental of people. We're all human. We all fall short. So by no means am I saying that, that I'm necessarily number three, the guy who resists temptation. Yeah. Nobody's perfect. But let's be honest, people who are married for 50 or 60 years, who are monogamous and who don't cheat, uh, I can't imagine they didn't have temptation in 50 years. <laughs> you know, so, uh, my, my husband and I say we're married, we're not dead. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Right. So, you know, obviously there are people who have found ways. Um, and I'm, as you know, I'm not a, a professional. I'm not a counselor. I mean, but I know that, and I know you are. And I think that, I mean, there are people who have found ways uh, to navigate being loyal and monogamous. And, I, I mean, again, that's how I grew up. I mean, that was, that was the goal. And if you fell short, you know, I, I think that's a lot of what I think about these days, though, with the Catch-22 is are we evolving from what I call the old-fashioned ways to what is, you know, the, the new way of doing things, where is it possible, and again, it's hard to wrap your head around this, but is it right. possible that we're going into an age when the idea of marriage between two people changes? And, and you know, uh, we have gay marriage now, but is, is the next, uh, you know, and I'm not talking about right. slippery slope stuff, but is the next step, you know, a, a, two couples or, or allowing for, you know, yeah, allowing for different explorations, basically. So, and, and so actually this kind of leads into the, the, the next question that I wanted to ask because I'm wondering if, there's some connection here because it, you, you go on to say in the article that we all settle for less than we deserve. So for all those the romantics whose souls just got crushed, what do, you, what do you mean by that? Yeah, I reread uh, my article in preparation for this, all the whole article, of course, and that particular section, <laughs> I probably could have been slightly more artful. I stand by it. I'm not trying to backpedal, but it took me a little while to be able to really explain this, and the best I can do in, in 60 seconds <laughs> um, is, you know, we all deserve, and I hope I can articulate this, I'm going to try, we all deserve a fairy tale romance. We all deserve it. Who doesn't deserve it? Um, and we deserve one that lasts forever. But it, it only, what we, and I hope this doesn't sound crude, but it doesn't matter what we deserve. We don't get what we deserve a lot of times. <laughs> you, know, you know, wouldn't it be nice? I mean, right. uh, but what we deserve has no bearing on who falls in love with us. I mean, we can wish it all we want. If we could choose who loves us, we would get what we deserve. And I mean, you know, uh, so I think what I mean by settling is really more being realistic. And the word settle is loaded, and it seems, um, it, 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 when you say, you settled for your husband or wife, it, it, no one says that in a way where you're like, oh, thank you so much. I mean, you know, it, 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 it sounds... Positive connotation to it. <laughs> it sure does. No. So, and I put the word "settle" in parentheses in the article, but really, I think I, I probably would have done better to say "be realistic." And even that's loaded because we we deserve the best, right? But I, I think, and I don't know how to say it properly. We have to be realistic about love. And, and I'm careful because when I tried to prepare this, what it ends up sounding like is I'm saying, don't go for somebody outside of your league. Stay in your own lane. You know, stay in your own socioeconomic educational lane. And, uh, and I don't mean that at all. I don't mean that at all. I, what, what I mean, I mean, love who you are. If a bird could love a fish, it would be great. <laughs> you know? um, but so my feeling is, is just be realistic about what exists, about the love itself and what's real. And, and you know, that's, that's as close as I could come on that one. I, I will admit to your audience, I would finesse this a little uh, in, 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 in a rewrite, to be honest. But I stand by it. I do think we, we tend to, to sometimes over-exaggerate the possibilities. Well, I mean, and, and this kind of goes back to this concept of we're not – we're not dealing with a fictional character. We're dealing with a flesh and blood human being that, you know, yeah. has their own viewpoint, baggage, triggers, whatever we want to talk about, you know, that right. 
that you know, in the, in, and this is one of the challenges of you know when when we get out of that hormonally driven kind of you know um, in love rush that our bodies right. literally cannot stay in. Um, right, the honeymoon phase. The honeymoon phase, and then you know, and then you know to be able to see a more complete version of the person who's in front of us with, I mean, you know, strengths, flaws, you know, quirks. Um, you know, Absolutely. That, that I think when you talk about settling, I'm wondering if maybe, and, you know, and being more realistic, in, in, that instead of settling, it's more about choosing maybe, that yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. choosing to accept this whole person, um, you know, because I'm not a perfect person, so I'm hoping that this person accepts me for my quirks and my, <laughs> the weirdness yes. that, I, that I bring to the table. And I think, but I think that may be one of the things that is a little bit scary for people in terms of being vulnerable, because if I show, you know, my hand, if I show all my cards, Will I get rejected? Right. Right. And then, yeah, I agree. I think the way you just said it is, is probably a better way of, of, of framing it, honestly, about uh, making compromise and, 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 and being able to accept reality. Well, well, yeah, I mean, and, and you know, and, and there's, and interestingly, because we can somewhat influence reality we can't actually change it but but we can but we can bring a different I think a different perspective to it that um, you know because because like we said we can't change reality reality you know reality is what it is and and I think that's where some people get a little off track in in you know this whole putting all the eggs in one basket kind of thing that it's like here's this person who's perfect which first off, stop right there. And second off, right. you know, who who is always going to understand me? I don't have to explain myself. I don't have to apologize. I don't. Have, you know, I'm sorry. I'm dating myself in the love story. Love means never having to say you're sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kind of thing. Um, you know, these ideas that that we get that we get out there. And part of the reason why I love this is because you talked about love is not a fairy tale, but that's this vision that so many of us are given that it's like well if it's the real thing it is this fairy tale and you're saying no no there's reality that comes into this that we need to be um prepared for i think and that's the just that's that's the the log line that's that's the one line synopsis really is being able to navigate through the honeymoon past it in a, in a metacognitive way in an aware self-awareing kind of way and then be able, I use the word settle, you can use the word accept, you could use whatever word works mm-hmm. for, there's an old song, if you can't be with the one you love, love the one you're with. Now right. that's not exactly what I'm saying, but it, a little bit of it is. The metaphor stretches, but it's there in the sense of, of being able to navigate your way through the stages of love. Gotcha. And, and so, this is Happily Ever After is just the beginning on webtalkradio.net. I'm Leslie Dorries, and I'm talking love with writer and speech-language pathologist Jonathan Morris Schwartz. And if you struggle with true love, feeling like you're settling, or any other relationship woe, you're not alone. 
But with a little bit of knowledge and some improved skills, you can have a deeper, more fulfilling marriage. And if you want to know how to do that, I invite you to take a moment and send me an email or give me a call and schedule your free five-star relationship consultation. You can reach me by email at leslie, L-E-S-L-I, at foundationscoachingnc.com. That's F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N-S coaching and is in Nancy C is in Charlie.com or you can reach me by phone at area code 919-924-0463. Again, that's 919-924-0463. And I want to get back to this conversation with Jonathan and love is not a fairy tale. So in your article, you use two words that most people would not put together, pragmatic and love, which we were talking about before the little break. So can you elaborate a little bit on those two words and why you put them together? Sure. Um, pragmatic love, to me, in terms of how I'm describing it, is a, a close as I can say is a bit of a trade-off, but it really means accepting, understanding, realizing, being aware of, and accepting the stages of the relationship, the genesis, the initial butterflies, the initial explosion, can't eat, can't sleep, think about them all the time, the fantasies about romance and all that, but working your way into the, as you mentioned earlier in the show, that honeymoon stage itself where the colors are brighter and the birds are singing and you're zippity do on the street and everything feels better and time moves perfectly, time, you know, stands still when it should and goes fast when it should and slows down when it should, but, but that, that comes to an end, and that, at that point, you commit to the, or you don't, to the deeper, more meaningful, lasting aspects of a loving relationship, and you find comfort and passion in building a home and a family and a life and all those things. I mean, like you, I was, I mean, I'm not still married, but I was married 14 years and rose, raised a family, so I, I know a lot of the aspects of uh, what it means that that deep sense of security and belonging and and connection and uh, wholeheartedness and so you know I think pragmatic love what I mean by that is be open-eyed be wide-eyed mm-hmm. and clear about what love is in one lane what sex and biological physical pleasure is in another lane that they overlap they intersect right. They're, they're part of the same product. <laughs> they're part of the same thing, but <clears throat> that they're different, and that you're going to str- we're going to struggle with both. And at some point, what I mean by pragmatic is really ties into what I said before, and it sounds awfully conservative and old-fashioned, but <laughs> pragmatic means making a decision that the deeper, longer love is more valuable. And doing all the things, you know, all the moral and ethical things we were brought up to do. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm very liberal, so when I hear myself sounding very conservative, I start to scold myself internally. When I, start, when I hear myself sounding like my great-grandmother, not just my grandmother, but my great-grandmother, I try and rein it in. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, and, and I do think, and I, and I don't know if you are familiar with Esther Perel, um, but no. you know, she wrote a book, she's a, she's a, marriage therapist and she wrote a book many many years ago called mating in captivity which is about this push me pull you kind of the security of no of being with somebody that you know and and you've built a life together but then but but then there's the erotic there's this you know there's the sensual there's the there's the sexual and and it's you know and and it and it is it's this kind of, it's this antagonistic forces on a relationship and 
I think it's easy to go too far in either direction where I That's think right. the challenge and, and really, you know, talking about your great grandmother, <laughs> you know, that, <laughs> that finding, finding, um, I don't like using the word balance because that implies equal, but, but finding a way to have both. Um, and, and you're not going to have perfection on either end when you're trying to combine, you know, when you're trying to combine them. Um, right. You know, and I think that that, you know, that, that your um, perspective here on this is, is really saying that in a different way is that, you know, it's, I think a lot of people end up in the either or camp and I'm always in the both and. <laughs> it's like how do you get how do we get both? And how do you reconcile both, got it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so you actually also propose a theory about love. So would you be willing to share what it is and what makes it more reasonable than maybe this fairy tale idea that we all you know, that people get caught up in? Sure. And, you know, my love theory in the article, that was the summary, and that was, you know, basically always toward this. There was a little summary at the end that buttoned right. it up, but it was part of the summary. And right. so basically, um, I'll, I'll give you the, the, the short of it. Um, it's nuanced, but it's pretty clear. True love only exists if you're willing to sacrifice something very important, yourself. And that's the catch-22. You've got to put your heart on the line or you're not going to have love. You can't have it both ways. You right. can't protect your heart. And experience true love. You get to, you choose one or the other. Um, right. when, you give an, when you give another human being complete control over your heart, mind, and soul, you're taking a gamble. We know that. When you tell someone you can't live without them, do you really mean it? Well, no. I mean, it's an expression of your feelings. Um, but, you know, in terms of, of the actual theory itself, it comes down to, a, knowing the stages and being aware of where you're at and when, when the love seems to, you know, part of the problem is we get so focused and, and almost paranoid and, and fearful in the early stages when's it going to end. I love the, you know, I, it's like when you're doing something and you're the ice cream cone, you don't want the last lick to ever occur. <laughs> right, right. Um, but but you, you've got to, A, you know, my theory is you've got to be willing to get on the roller coaster. I mean, you've got to be, you cannot, you know, you know be home in a shuttered house and, and, and love. The key is, number one, getting on the ride. Um, if we're lucky, we've all had at least one Romeo and Juliet in our lives. And I think that... Um, you know, we're not just supposed to pick a friend and, and slap the title love on it. I mean, that, that, right. that is settling. I mean, and that's right. what I was saying from before. So in order to, to reconcile it, um, in my opinion, and again, it boils down to a fairly conservative notion. I mean, and it is what it is, and I believe it. Whether, whether I live it is a little different, but I believe it to be true. And that is once the relationship once you both realize that you're no longer on fire with desire, that you are no longer can't eat, can't sleep stage, and you're now at a point where everything, the sensations are slightly more dull, you know, and, and, and so forth, and the colors are slightly less. And we, once you're at that point that you make a decision that the marriage is worth it, that all the aspects that we discussed, all the deeper meaning, is worth the sacrifice, and I say it as such. It sounds, I'm sure many will disagree with me when you say, what do you mean sacrifice? If you're married to someone, it's not a sacrifice not to have sex with the lady next door. Uh, uh, you know, that's what you're supposed to do. Um, but but that's, that's my, my theory of love is conquering the temptation 
is is not easy, and and it's something that and it doesn't it doesn't come easy for everyone. And I think, but but that's the bottom line. I think. I mean, I take a hard stance on that, and I think, right. you know, tr- true love. I'm not someone. If I had to categorically come down on some of these new new types of open relationships. Uh, and I've written articles on that. It's not that I'm against it. I'm, I'm, I'm again, I'm liberal. I'm open. I'm progressive right. to anything. I, I don't want to close the door on anything. But I remain in the in the feeling that again, uh, if I have to really boil it down, if someone said, "What's more important, love or sex?" and you can only choose one, oh gosh, <laughs> my okay. answer is love. My answer yeah. is love. Now, that's not everyone's answer. Uh, Leslie, I, I mean, some, I, I don't know, or it may not be everyone's honest answer, um, right. but choose love, you know, choose, choose, and, it, and it's a conscious decision, and that's why I chose a picture of a couple that looks like in their 80s or 90s were strolling in, in the article, because I think that's, you know, the idea is, as time goes by, eventually, uh, the love becomes a lifelong love, and it just, it comes together, so it's, it's not, I mean, the theory basically is accepting reality, accepting and being knowledgeable about what love is, what sex is, and then making a decision and doing your best, your best to stick to it, because it's worth it, because right. the marriage or the relationship is valuable and is worth the commitment. Well, and, and part of that is, is make, you know, and one of the things that I preach pretty much every week on the show is about, you know, making, you know, like you say, understand what it is and, and committing to make you, to having a conversation, to working through these things as opposed to, you know, just falling into, into habits that leaves one or both of you not, not quite so happy. And, you know, and I think that, I think that that's one of the things that maybe, um, is what's going on with, with people today is that if I put all my eggs in one basket, if I commit to this one person, this one relationship, there is what, you know, FOMO, fear of missing out. I'm missing out on, on these other experiences. And that doesn't mean you can't bring, I'm not, you know, you can't bring some of the concepts of those other experiences. But I think maybe a lot of this focus on, these new kinds of relationships is because either people have never seen a solid, you know, relationship that's lasted for a long period of time and, you know, that they see what works um, because, you know, or they don't want to be hurt. You know, I'm trying to protect myself from being hurt. And it's like you said, you got to get on the roller coaster. You got to get on the ride. You're, you, I mean, you know, I, I, I tell people your partner is going to hurt you. You, you, the question is, are they doing it on purpose or are they doing, are they doing right. it from just a lack of, oh, I didn't realize that my doing this would be a problem for you because, oh, it just has never come up between the two of us. Um, you know, to me, that's a whole different thing than, than somebody intentionally hurting you. That's a, to me, that's just not loving and doesn't belong in any kind of relationship. But I, it, well, I think the young folks... Uh, have uh, I admire them in the sense that they're trying to have their cake and eat it too. They they, they recognize, as you say, that they're going to have physical temptations. That they're going to not want to have all their eggs in one basket. They want to be smart about it. You know, and so I don't I don't blame them for wanting their cake and eat it too. I just am of the belief that you cannot have your cake and eat it. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, I mean, you know. I'm, I'm with you philosophically. I'm you know morally, I'm not opposed to any of these things. 
I, and maybe it's just because I do what I do. I've just never seen it work. <laughs> yeah. There you go. I mean, you know, because because we, you know, to me, the amount of emotional maturity it takes to be in a committed relationship to one person is high, and now you're starting to introduce other people. It's like, okay, more power to you if you can pull it off. Exactly. Exactly. But, but you know, we are, you know, but but then we have to be able to deal with our own demons, and that's usually where you know, all relationships hit the skids is, is because I haven't dealt with, with my own demons around this, whatever, you know, whatever this might be. That's true. And it may be that in the future, there's a group of people who honestly can love more than one person at a time. I mean, I can't, right. but it doesn't mean others can't. Right. I can't wrap my head around the notion of having multiple lovers or multiple wives or multiple anything, frankly, when it comes to love and sex. Um, so, I mean, but, but again, I try to be progressive and reasonable and walk in other people's shoes enough to recognize that with all the things in the technology, I mean, we could touch on everything. We could go into sex robots. We could go into how technology and virtual. I mean, we could, we could talk for hours. But right. staying with this nugget, with this, with this precise topic, I, I think, you know, we, we basically – you know, we, we have a choice, and um, we, have to, we have to make it, and whatever works, works. But I'm open to new possibilities, and it may be in 50 years, it, nothing looks like it looks like looks now in relationships right. and marriage. Right, and, and I'm so glad that you talked about choosing, that we have to make a choice. And I think that's where, you know, people, I mean, you know, you, I want my cake and eat it too. I don't want to have to choose, because if I, if I choose path A, whatever path A is, it means yes. I'm not walking down past B. And there's That's what I think is happening, yeah. There's consequences to both of that, and I think that um, this idea of understanding the, the stages of love, which, which I'm glad you mentioned that, because there are stages of love. It, it doesn't stay the same over time, but we also have, I believe, we have more input into what each stage looks like that we don't necessarily have to give up all of the in love kind of stuff but we have to find a way to make room appreciate yeah i agree with every syllable you just said i think we we have to you know again i admire the young people for we'll beat this metaphor to death to want their cake and eat it too um but um I think, and again, just like you're saying, I think that's their way of trying to circle the square. They're very intelligent, this Generation Z. They're, 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 you know, every generation seems to be getting smarter than the next, and I think they're trying. They're trying to intellectualize and make sense of something that makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> you know, the word love and life and heaven yeah. and, you know, God, and, you know, there's, it, it's just it's obscure. But, but I do admire the young people, for, and, and I'm open I haven't, you know, again, I haven't tried any of the newfangled stuff, but I am open and progressive enough to recognize that there may be a pathway that works. Again, as we've said now, in my judgment, uh, I'm still of the impression that love is, is between two people who build a life together and make a commitment and stick to it until death they part. Simple. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's true love. Yeah, simple, not necessarily easy. Well, Jonathan, thank you so much for coming on the show and, and providing this wonderful insight. Can you share with people where they might be able to read more of your, of your musings? 
Sure, sure. I, I write, I've been writing somewhat prolifically for about a year, uh, about an, a few articles a week for about a year. So I've got about 200 articles on two different websites. One is medium.com. Okay. And all you do is www.medium.com and put in Jonathan Moore Schwartz, and there I am. And um, you'll see, you know, I have almost 200 articles, and you can scroll through them, and I, I have different perspectives on love and romance. And the other is Substack, which is a newsletter, uh, and that is one, it's free. I, I, it has an ability to be, you could charge people, but I don't. I have it on a free setting right now. So you could go to Substack.com and read my, my newsletter as well if you'd like. Perfect. Love does not have to die, but it does need room to grow and develop. Trying to recapture those first heady days of being in love will only lead to disappointment and resentment. But feeding and nurturing your love and allowing it to mature will pay big dividends. So hopefully one of the things that you will do to keep your love alive and growing is continue to listen to this show. And until next week, stay loving. <laughs>